0: What's up, guys? My Take Radio, episode 349, powered by Rageworks, broadcasting live Wednesday, April 15th, 2016. I'm your host, Rich, and our call-in number is 347-324-3541. Again, that call-in number, 347-324-3541. If this is your first time tuning into My Take Radio, My Take Radio is a variety show where I give my take on MMA, pro wrestling gaming and entertainment on Wednesday nights we focus on pro wrestling and MMA and on Thursdays we shift focus to gaming and entertainment to participate in the live show watch the live show or listen to the live show you can go to mtrlive.com where we have a tabbed interface where you can watch different video streams of the show along with an audio only feed from Mixler. You can also download the official Mixler app, M-I-X-L-R. Look for it on iOS or Android. You can download it from those respective stores. Obviously, iTunes for iOS and the Google Store for Android devices. You can punch in My Take Radio or Black is the New Black, and you'll be able to check out both of our shows. My Take Radio, of course, every Wednesday and Thursday, and Black is the New Black usually every week. Uh, The days vary, but definitely... Keep it locked to their social media channels for airing dates and times. Archived episodes of this show and many others can be found in audio podcast format on iTunes, Stitcher and TuneIn Radio with a very soon debut on uh, Google Play and Spotify and video can be found on our YouTube channel, Official RageWorks. Uh, We want to get into a couple of announcements before I get into tonight's topics. Uh, First and foremost, I would like to announce that next week, of course, is episode 350 of My Take Radio. Uh, We've come a long way. It only feels like yesterday when I brought MTR back in a live format. And here we are on the precipice of 350 episodes. And before you know it, 400 episodes will be right around the corner. Um, pretty big milestone. Also, you know, 2016 marks 10 years since I started podcasting. Um, obviously, for those that don't know the origins, it all began uh, with our friends at Video Game News Radio. I actually learned about their podcast when iTunes started adding podcasts to uh, iTunes. Well, let me rephrase that. When Apple started adding podcasts to iTunes and I ended up coming across Video Game News Radio, really appreciated what those guys did. Um, With regards to podcasting and gaming, their approach was a breath of fresh air, uh, not scripted, not pretty, but informative, entertaining, and definitely, uh, you know, we forged a lot of friendships over the course of that show. And, um, you know, those guys were were a big influence in in me throwing my hat in the podcasting ring. Same thing uh, to my buddy Blaine and His Born Stubborn Radio podcast, which I did a couple of appearances on, and VGN is still going strong. Those guys are still killing it. Uh, Larry Mack, Kevin Beard, Brian, and of course, Don Anderson, who also does Tumbling with Tumbleweed on Blog Talk Radio. So, you know, those guys were definitely a big factor in me throwing my hat in the podcasting ring. I'm always grateful to the opportunities those guys gave me and um, really pumped to be going into episode 350 and you know celebrating 10 years doing this. Uh in addition to that, you know we got our RageWorks anniversary this summer. Probably going to try and do something special for that. I don't know if it's going to be local or online or what, but I think it's it's definitely worth celebrating and um, uh you know MTR uh which later of course became RageWorks has come a long way as a site and we are continuing to grow and improve. Uh, every week, every month, every year, and hopefully we'll continue to do that. Uh, I did want to mention that episode 350, in addition to being a milestone episode, uh, is going to be the last episode before I decide to take a break. I'm going to take a couple of weeks off for a litany of reasons, a little little mental exhaustion being one, Uh, lots of other work that needs to be focused on number two, including uh, the next incarnation of rageworkstartnet which is being worked on as we speak uh so definitely going to be trying to focus my energies there plus we got a backlog of product reviews some events that we're going to be covering and i'm going to be doing some traveling so because of that i figured it would be a great opportunity to uh take a step back let the rest of the crew step in uh really showcase their skills i mean a lot of these guys have done incredible things um you know, big props to Jay Santee, uh, who came in and really has run with the ball uh, with the regular season sports cast. Uh, he's doing a really good job. Uh, Josie's boy, who he's bringing in for uh, Call Me When It's Over, which will soon be a new show debuting on the Rageworks Network, currently airing as TRSS Overtime, but. Once we get everything finalized, uh, call me when it's over. Will become another show on the RageWorks Network. Really excited about that. I think Josie's Boy and uh, Jay Santi have incredible chemistry. I am proud of those guys. I am proud to be working with them, and um, they're continuing to grow and improve and really showcase some some interesting stuff that our listeners are really digging. I mean, the numbers speak for themselves. Also, got to tip my hat to Ben and Taylor from Black Is the New Black. Also holding it down. Minus their fair share of technical mishaps, but they've carved out their own niche um, out of the Rageworks family. And um, again, just really proud to be working with those guys. They've been part of this journey and they've demonstrated just uh, a willingness to learn and improve. Also big shout out to Quark for uh, the buried show. Obviously with the departure of John blade, I thought that would really spell the end of that show due to the incredible chemistry. Those two guys had, Uh, but Work has kept it, you know, he's kept the torch going, uh, doing the buried show on a monthly basis. I know that he's had some stuff going on. That's why we didn't have a show post WrestleMania, but nonetheless, uh, definitely want to applaud them. And of course, those that work at, on, you know, the rage work side of things, you know, slick holding it down on the gaming side, uh, slick has really picked up a lot of the slack, um, especially in terms of just covering the gaming space only because, You know, between the real world trying to grow Rageworks and so much more, uh, you know, my not that I haven't been gaming as much, but my focus just isn't there to the point where I can consistently get my hands on every game and review them time in a timely fashion. And Slick has uh, run with the ball for that. So uh, once again, incredibly grateful. Now, even though I'm going to be taking the break after episode 350, uh, which is going to air next Wednesday. Uh, we will be putting out different types of content, and as I mentioned in previous broadcasts, we are going to be uh, closing down the My Take Radio YouTube channel. Uh, we're going to start directing everyone to the Rageworks channel, only because you know a lot of the content is duplicated, no necessity to maintain two channels. And as I said, it's just another thing that we're going to continue to do as we start the uh, just a more formal merging of the brands under one umbrella And, you know, my take radio, as I've said in previous shows, will always exist. It is the backbone of what we do. It is the flagship show of the Rageworks Network. But, you know, just a lot of redundancy, a lot of little things that I'm just trying to um, streamline and just make it easier for me to manage, you know, on a day-to-day basis. But with that said, I'm figuring that I will be back on air um, probably in June that is my plan. I am going to take the month of May pretty much off completely, and um, as I said, our other hosts are going to be cranking out content. I'll still be putting out content, just not uh, in a weekly podcast format. But nonetheless, uh, once we come back from the break, we're going to be doing some a couple of different things. We're going to, you know, change some things around. As always, a continued evolution of MTR. And uh, with that, I I do want to say that we're going to be taking my take radio on the road. Uh, This weekend at pace university is the Karen con event. It is a student run con at pace university, focusing on gaming, anime, Japanese culture. Uh, We're going to be talking comics. We're going to be doing a lot of stuff, but uh, my take radio is going to be doing a broadcast from Karen con. We're going to be releasing that as a special on iTunes for those of the for those of you obviously not in New York City that can't attend, uh, we'll be doing that as a special, and you can be on the lookout for that. Probably on Sunday, uh, we're going to be there Saturday for that event. Really excited! Uh, this is my second year working with the faculty of Pace University to give the students there something different, something unique. Uh, last year, I did a panel with uh, uh, Danny from Raw Flush Magazine with regards to just the ethics of working in this space from running a website to uh, getting assets to covering events, uh, things of that nature. We did a really good workshop slash discussion and um, I was really proud of it. I actually, we actually videotaped it. I never, um, uh, well, we recorded it. We didn't videotape it (laughs) such a dated term showing my age, but yeah, we did record it, just never got around to uploading it. But um you know, I was I was really thrilled with that experience. I thought it was awesome. And this year, things are a little different. Um, we're going to be doing two things. Um, obviously, the live My Take Radio broadcast is one, but we are also going to be doing a... We're going to be moderating a discussion panel on Marvel and DC and, you know, what's going on in in those respective companies, the good, the bad, the ugly... And when I say that, I only say it from the standpoint of the stuff that many people are just enamored with, all the good. Uh, there, there has been some bad in there from people's negative reactions to Batman versus Superman to questions on diversity in both companies, et cetera, et cetera. So we are going to be tackling that. And um, obviously, we're going to be taking uh, questions from the Pace University alumni and students as well. Uh, looking forward to that. That's going to be more Uh, of a moderator job but I have a feeling I'm going to be involved in it in a much larger capacity but I'm looking forward to that as well again there is a banner on Rageworks that has the information I have not fixed the navigation to uh, direct people to the Eventbrite site but if you're in New York City uh, in the Manhattan Brooklyn well in the five boroughs and want to check it out I will put links for that in the show notes and of course keep it locked to our social media channels we'll have uh coverage from the event in addition to all the stuff that we will be doing uh that Saturday. As I said, you know, we're doing the live MTR on Saturday. We got the gaming and entertainment edition tomorrow and then episode 350 uh it's definitely going to be an MMA and wrestling edition, but we're going to sprinkle a couple of other things there given, you know, how special of an episode it is. So, um as I said, 350 will be the last show. I will be taking off the month of May and uh maybe into June depending on how things go. Uh like I said, just just a big recharge for me so I can focus on getting you guys some other content, growing Rageworks, growing MTR, etc. etc. You guys know the deal. I take these breaks every once in a while just to recharge my batteries. I come back uh fired and inspired to uh you know bring you guys great shit. So um that's pretty much uh, the details with regards to that. Uh, for those of you that have asked, our Funko Pop contest for The Hateful Eight uh, went successfully. Uh, we announced our winner for that contest. We're going to be doing some giveaways during Kieran Con, and we're going to do another giveaway on the site as well. And, um, you know, keep it locked for that stuff. And as always, we're going to be doing some stuff with Entertainment Earth. I believe they want to do uh, some stuff related to Batman versus Superman I don't know if we're going to lump that into the contest I had planned, but um, nonetheless, it's definitely something that, uh, you know, keep it locked to RageWorks, and we will be reporting on that as well. All right. So with that housekeeping out of the way, tonight's topics, obviously on the MMA side, we're going to get into the UFC event from Croatia. We're going to talk about this week's MMA news, including a recent change um, due to uh, some uh, drug violations <laughs> For this weekend's MMA event from an unlikely person. And we're going to talk about that. We're going to get into some other MMA news on the wrestling side. We're going to talk about the uh, incredibly eventful edition of Raw this past Monday. Of course, Shane McMahon once again in charge. Uh, We saw some debuts, we saw some angle advancement, and we saw the continued seeds being planted for a face turn and a heel turn for two WWE superstars. As always, You're welcome to contribute and become involved in tonight's broadcast either by calling 347-324-3541 or by heading over to mtrlive.com and using the chat. For those of you that are watching the show via Vaughn Live, Twitch, or any of those other platforms, as much as I would love to uh, use the chat in those platforms, I want to direct everybody to mtrlive.com. Obviously, if you're watching it on your Xbox One Uh, PlayStation 4, or any of your other platforms that have Twitch, then you're just going to have to watch and participate that way. With that said, let's switch gears. Let's jump into this week's MMA news and get this ball rolling. So this past weekend, we had the UFC's event out of Croatia. It actually ended up airing right smack dab in the middle of the day due to the time difference. I missed a lot of the card. I ended up watching some of it later on in the evening. Um, while I would like to go through all the fights, you know, you guys have seen it by now. But I do want to talk about two particular fights on that card that really stuck out. First of all, the, uh, the heavyweight fight between Derek Lewis and Gabriel Gonzaga. Uh, you know, Gonzaga is a guy that comes in incredibly intense, incredibly dangerous on the feet, on the ground. I expected him to come in and really do some damage. Um, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm slightly familiar with Derek Lewis. I haven't seen him fight too much, but um, a couple of people reached out and they told me that he's uh, he's a dangerous guy. You know, incredibly underrated. And fuck, did he show it? Um, he took out Gabriel Gonzaga in the first round uh, via knockout. It was interesting too because at the later portion. Of the first round, when they were really starting to find their rhythm, Lewis ended up landing an elbow, and Gabriel Gonzaga dropped down for a takedown. And what ended up happening was the ref separated them. They Gonzaga was trying to work the clinch, obviously respecting the hands of Derek Lewis. But um, you know he couldn't get the takedown. And what ended up happening was they just started exchanging after the ref broke it up. Lewis ended up hitting him with a vicious, vicious combination, including a, a straight right hand that dropped Gabriel Gonzaga clean. It was academic at that point. Um, really, really solid outing. Uh, Derek Lewis impressed me and surprised me. Like I said, I wasn't too familiar um, with his fights and to see him come out there and take out one of, one of the dangerous heavyweights in the UFC and Gabriel Gonzaga was, was very, very scary. The guy's power is, is a problem. That's for sure. I mean, I mean, This is, um, you know, it's one of those situations where you see a guy that you expect is going to compete as best as he can, have uh, just a a dominant performance like he did, and also um, post-fight he called out Roy Nelson, and if anybody's willing to go out there and stand and trade, it's Roy. Um, You know, not to take anything away from Gabriel Gonzaga, Gonzaga, like I said, great heavyweight talent. I, I don't know about him calling out, <laughs> him calling out big country. I think Roy Nelson, even though he is you know just as dangerous on the ground as he is on the feet, the guy has an iron chin and is just a warrior in that cage. So to call out a guy like Roy Nelson is interesting, but also intriguing nonetheless. I think it's a fight that I am you know I'm definitely gonna look forward to seeing in the near future. But again. You know, Roy Nelson is on a different level than Gonzaga. Again, Gonzaga's been fighting a long time, not to take anything away from him, but I just think Roy Nelson is just a more durable fighter overall. Now, the main event for tonight was Ben Rothwell, who came in ranked number four, taking on Junior Dos Santos. Of course, People were watching this fight because they felt it was going to be a title qualifier. Uh, Many people felt that if Rothwell would have got by JDS in convincing fashion, he would have gone on to challenge for the heavyweight title. Unfortunately, JDS played the role of spoiler as these guys went the full five rounds. It was a war from bell to bell. JDS had just incredible striking on display, both with hands and feet. Uh, there was one point where he ended up kicking Ben Rothwell and launching him across the cage. Um, it was it was pretty it was a pretty solid highlight reel in a fight that went the full five rounds. Now, of course, people have a lot to say about the heavyweights in regards to their fights not being overly exciting, but I gotta say, the five rounds that these guys fought was was pretty action packed from start to finish. I think JDS just had better striking overall. He had figured out the, you know, the enigma that is Ben Rothwell. Not to take anything away from Rothwell, I think he had a really good surge coming into this fight, uh, you know, an impressive string of victories, but JDS is trying to get in there and handle his business and he did. Now, does this put JDS in in, you know, in line for a title opportunity? It, it it's tough to call. I mean, Cain Velasquez is fighting Travis Brown and um maybe the winner of that fights jds and that winner fights uh the winner of Verdum, stipe but again it's it, do do we want to see kane and jds again I, I those guys have just a legendary rivalry and they've delivered some exciting fights but i think that those guys career wise and body wise are just they they're in a they're at a different level not to take anything away from either guy i think both guys are incredibly dangerous But I think we've reached a point where, uh, you know, if the injury bug keeps, you know, working its way into into the heavyweight picture, it's going to be the essentially the same three guys for the foreseeable future. I mean, Derek Lewis has the the potential to, you know, make a splash. Roy Nelson is always dangerous. Um, You know, we got Overeem waiting in the wings, plus Andre Arlovsky. I mean, the division is stacked. But as I said, right now with Verdum Stepe. Travis Brown, and Kane, you know, there's and and in this case also uh, JDS. The the heavyweight division has a pretty a pretty stacked uh, segment of of challengers for uh, Fabricio Verdum or Stipe, If you know, if Stepe comes away with the belt when they meet, but nonetheless, I felt that the card overall was a pretty solid card. I mean, you know, obviously the international audience was really into it. Um, I kind of feel that we I've been watching too many ufc events one after the other hell we got one this weekend and like i said it's it's not to take away from the excitement i think they're exciting cards i just feel that it's too much too soon but um i think the last two fights really did a great job in redeeming it i think uh, lewis and gonzaga was like i said just a a really really eye-opening finish from a guy I didn't expect to have that sort of a finish. And like I said, JDS and, and Rothwell put it all on the line for 25 minutes. It was, um, it was solid, man. It was really enjoyable. I enjoyed those two fights. The card itself was, you know, it was all right. It was as good as can be. I mean, there were a lot of fighters I personally hadn't been familiar with or hadn't seen before. So, you know, I was watching those fights with a fresh perspective, as I said, and you know, they, the, the card itself was pretty solid overall. Now, as for the MMA news of the week, quite a couple of things to discuss. Um, you know, fight bonuses were handed out, uh, $50,000. Derek Lewis, of course, got one. There was no fight of the night um, award. Well, $50,000 bonus for fight of the night was not given out. Um, you know, three fighters took performance of the night bonuses. Uh, correction, four fighters took that. And like I said, the the fights were, were pretty eventful, but the fight that really, really jumped out was that Derek Lewis finish. It was, it was nasty. We on the UFC 200 front, the card continues to take shape. Obviously last week we talked about Misha Tate, Amanda Nunes, um, also obviously, uh, Conor McGregor, Nate Diaz squaring off. Now a new fight has been added. Kat Zingano will be facing, uh, Juliana Pena. Now, if you guys remember, Juliana Pena won the ultimate fighter, Many people thought that she was going to be a, a fighter that was going to come after Ronda Rousey considering, you know, she's a friend of Misha Tate, uh, incredibly gifted grappler and striker. But she, you know, she returned from a devastating injury that she suffered during training uh, facing Kazingano who I've always felt um, didn't really get an opportunity to challenge for the title. I think this is going to be a fight people are going to be watching very closely Uh, These two ladies have a lot to prove at UFC 200 and who knows, maybe title uh, ramifications are in the future for the winner. Now it wouldn't be a a week of MMA without talking about uh, Bellator's craziness. Uh, We got an update on the Ken Shamrock uh, drug test situation. As many of you know, in previous episodes, I talked about Ken Shamrock failing his drug test at UFC 149. Well, it turns out that He had a positive drug test due to medication he was on for a pituitary condition. According to documentation received by MMA Junkie, it looks like Shamrock took several unspecified medications that he blamed for the positive drug test, which found an elevated testosterone to epitestosterone level. According to the documentation, it says, and I quote, Respondent stated that he is certain that the results are not from an illegal substance and believe the results stem from medications prescribed to him from his doctor to control swollen pituitary glands in his brain. Uh, the investigators report reads that Shamrock claims to have been checked out by doctors in two different states due to high testosterone readings. They said that the issue concerned him to thinking it was cancer. Uh, definitely don't want that. He said that the testing ruled out cancer and he was prescribed medication to control the swollen pituitary glands, which they did having a positive effect. Shamrock went on to tell the investigator that he and his medical team would respond to the positive drug test results. Um, If found guilty, he faces a a suspension of up to a year and a fine of $5,000. Ken Shamrock's attorney is asking for more time before deciding on whether to take a settlement that would revoke his license and have a reduced fine of $3,000. He has until April 29th to, uh, state his case. Now, this is one of those instances where again, you know, the, the, the drug testing that's going on is becoming more and more sophisticated, finding, um, positive drug results very quickly. Um, for a guy like Ken Shamrock, if he has legitimate cause and had a legitimate condition, hell, if he was concerned that he was he had cancer, these are definitely things that need to be addressed uh, between his attorneys, his medical his medical team, and the commission. Meanwhile, on Kimbo Slice's side, Kimbo pretty much has been nonchalant about being found uh, with um, you know banned substances in his bloodstream. He issued a statement which. I read and I just found it to be utterly preposterous. Uh, he was pretty much just like, yeah, you know, they should just have a division for guys that are on the sauce. And I just, I read that and I was like, I'm like, are you fucking kidding me, dude? Uh, again, I like Kimbo Slice. I, you know, I think he's a, he's an exciting character to be involved in the sport, but really dude, like you're, you're gonna, you're not even going to try and excuse if you were, Uh, on some shit going in you know they test and if you thought that they weren't that you weren't going to get bagged for it you're fucking crazy uh you know i again if there's legitimacy to ken shamrock's claim uh he definitely does not deserve to be suspended especially if it was because of a medical condition and he has genuine legal proof uh that validates that claim not not a fan of whether they want to take a settlement which would have his license revoked. I mean, if you have a genuine medical condition and your doctors are aware of it. Now, they could also give him a reduced sentence, you know, a reduced suspension if the doctors fail to disclose what was going on with him. That's That's definitely another avenue they can go down. Again, me personally, I'm just, you know, I'm going to take a wait-and-see approach before giving a more, you know... Uh, expanded take on the situation, but what I read that Kimbo Sly said, and you know what's going on with Shamrock, I, it's it's just not good overall. I mean, like in Ken's case, hopefully, if he has these medical issues behind him, the commission will see that you know he has proof and we can move past it. But in Kimbo's case, you know it's it's not cool to just thumb your nose at the commission, and it may bite him in the ass now. On the UFC side of things, there was a report that came out that Frank Mir tested positive uh, for an anti, you know, he had an anti-doping violation, according to the USA DA. The UFC did release a statement. Um, They were aware of that. But Frank Mir has said that he does not he did not take any banned substances and he stands by that. He also feels that if he were to be found guilty of taking a banned substance that he would retire due to that. Uh, You know, it's 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 another situation where before I give an expanded take on it, I really would like to hear more facts. I mean, right now, the USADA, which is an independent body, is reporting that not sure uh, what exactly he tested positive for, but it's definitely something to keep an eye on. Another fighter that was flagged by the USADA and definitely not at the right time was Lyoto Machida. Lyoto Machida um, was flagged by the USADA for having a banned substance in his system. As a result of that, he was removed from his fight with Dan Henderson this weekend. So definitely throws that card into a little bit of disarray. Turns out he issued a statement, Leoto Machida stating that the supplement seven keto or seven keto, uh, whichever way you want to pronounce it was the, uh, the sub- the supplement that was responsible for the positive drug test. Uh, it included DHEA, which was what caused the um, anti-doping violation. He did acknowledge prior to being tested that uh, he was using the substance during an out of competition sample that was collected last week. Like I said, as a result of this positive drug test, the Dragon has been removed from his fight with Dan Henderson. Dan Henderson will be uh, getting a fight at a later date. So that pretty much kills the co-main event for this weekend's card. I will give my, uh, my fight picks and predictions for that card later on in the show. In some other news, a fighter that was in some legal trouble appears to be cleared for active competition, that being BJ Penn. As many of you know, BJ Penn was being investigated uh, due to some allegations that were made against him. Uh, the UFC conducted their own independent third-party investigation, and they found that you know the facts that were collected were not too substantial, and there are two stories to what happened. To date... Uh, no law enforcement agency has taken any measures or any action against BJ Penn. As a result of that, we are going to allow BJ the opportunity to fight. He will be fighting Dennis Seaver at UFC 199. Of course, Dennis Seaver, many of you know, was the guy that was fed to Conor McGregor to get him a title shot. So make of that what you will. But yes, uh, BJ Penn will be back in action UFC 199 June 4th at the Forum in Los Angeles. The main event for that card, Rockhold and Weidman for the middleweight title, and the co-main, uh, Dominic Cruz and Uriah Faber for the Bantamweight Championship. So, definitely a card to keep an eye on. As I said, PJ Penn now back in action, squaring off against Dennis Seaver. Now, this next bit of news is I'm taking a wait and see approach before I get totally pumped for the news, but it appears that George St. Pierre is in negotiations with to with the UFC to get back in the cage. As many of you know, GSP relinquished his title in 2013 after beating Johnny Hendricks at uh, UFC 167. GSP has kept himself active uh, with acting both in Captain America the upcoming kickboxer film. He's been doing TV and a couple of other things, just keeping himself active. Uh, Definitely looks like he's fight ready. He's been obviously putting up a lot of gymnastic videos and training videos on his social media channels. And it appears that the sticking point right now is the Reebok deal for a guy like George St. Pierre. As many of you know, George St. Pierre is an under armor athlete outside of the cage and uh you know he's a nas athlete which of course conflicts with both reebok and monster of course monster being the drink sponsor of the ufc and also reebok being the uh fight kit sponsor or the main sponsor for the fighters this of course conflicts with gsp's agreements with nas and under armour now Will the UFC allow him to maintain those deals outside of the cage and allow him to also be a Reebok athlete or will Reebok make sure to offer him something substantial to have him become an exclusive Reebok athlete? These are the things that I personally am interested in because again, GSP is a, uh, you know, an established fighter, a fighter who has multiple businesses is a, uh, the face of quite a few brands. And to give that all up for, you know, the Reebok deal, which many fighters have gone on record as saying is is piss poor, uh, is is definitely of concern. Now, obviously, I'm sure the UFC is going to work something out, maybe uh, a behind the scenes deal or an incentive bonus. But I think that the main goal here is to get you, Uf- you know, to get GSP back in action to hopefully have him fight at UFC 200. Uh, the return of George St. Pierre at UFC 200 would definitely make that card uh, extra special, uh, considering that right now the fights that are on there, while they are good, have not really been getting people's pulses racing or their hearts racing, I should say, um, in terms of wanting to see that card. Again, I am going to watch it. I feel that the card has a, a lot of solid fights on it, but again, comparing it to UFC 100, It is definitely night and day, but I think that the return of GSP would definitely raise quite a few eyebrows. A lot of people were saying that GSP was scheduled to fight Conor McGregor, which was very interesting, but Nate Diaz played the role of spoiler. Uh, Take that with a grain of salt, since that was a rumor that floated around for quite some time. Either way, I think if Conor McGregor would have fought GSP, it would have been an interesting fight. Nonetheless, Uh, for me as a fan, I, I would have loved to have seen that. I think that the, uh, both guys have incredible striking and it would have been an interesting fight. That's for sure. Now, of course, this weekend, uh, we have the UFC on Fox event, uh, UFC on Fox 19. Uh, I'm going to just go down the card and give my picks. Uh, we got some prelims that are going to be on UFC fight pass. Those fights begin at 4 PM. um, John Dodson, Manny Gambirian is your main event, and um, you got a couple of fights on there. I'm I'm mostly gonna give my picks for you know most of the most of the fights that are on my radar. Of course, you can keep an eye out on our Instagram uh, where I usually do my fight picks there as well. Uh, John Dodson, Manny Gambirian. I'm shocked that this is a prelim main event only because I think both guys, especially John Dodson, who was a title contender, uh, could have fought on the prelims. With regards to fight picks, I think Manny Gambirian is a solid, solid uh, judo practitioner. And I believe his ground game is pretty solid. But I think the magician is just too fast on the feet. I think that that's going to be a problem for Gambirian. I think the anvil, even though he's dangerous and has knockout power, I think he's not going to have anything for John Dodson's speed. So I'm taking John Dodson as the victor in that fight. On the prelim side, uh, Michael Chiesa, Benil Dariush. Uh, Chiesa, of course, came out of the Ultimate Fighter. Uh, Dariush has been uh, pretty pretty solid in the octagon as of late. Um, that's your main event for the prelims. As much as I like Chiesa, I think that Dariush is just a hungrier fighter. And um, because of that, I am going with him as the victor. Uh, Betch Koheya will be in action facing on Raquel Pennington. I think Koheya has... Uh, really, really solid striking. I mean, obviously, Ronda Rousey dispatched her very quickly. She is looking to erase that memory from fan, you know, from, from what fans associate when they see her in the cage. I think that she's going to come in there and she's going to be aggressive and she's going to take it to Raquel Pennington as much as I like Bech Kohea. I think that Raquel Pennington is a better all around fighter. And because of that, I am going to give the victory to Raquel Pennington in this case. Uh, Court McGee is taking on Santiago Pusinebo. I'm probably killing that guy's name. I like Court McGee. I think he has a a, a very solid uh, fighting style overall. He delivers good fights. Um, Santiago, I think I've only seen some YouTube highlights of him. I, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna just go with the coin flip here, so to speak, and go with uh, Santiago in this case, only because the stuff I saw on YouTube uh, regarding his fights looked incredibly promising but like I said, it's a coin flip on this one. Uh, Hakran Diaz taking on Cub Swanson. Both guys, super solid fighters. I think it's a great opener for the prelims. I like Cub Swanson. He's a guy that's always been talked about as a title contender in any conversations with regards to to his division, but I also think that Diaz is, again, uh, another fighter who is hit or miss, but when he's on point, he looks incredibly exciting out there. I'm going to go with Cub Swanson on this one. I like Swanson's um, you know when he's when he's dialed in and he's in there he's he is a fucking killer. So I am going to give it to Cub Swanson for that fight. On the main card unless they bump one of the prelim fights up, uh Rose Namajunas taking on the tiny tornado Tessia Torres. Of course, both ladies were making the rounds in the media circuit uh, this week. I I think Tessia Torres is a is a solid fighter. I think she's incredibly uh, versatile on the feet and has good wrestling, but Thug Rose is is on another level in terms of striking. Uh, I think her muay thai is is solid. Her jiu jitsu game is top notch, and um, because of that, I think that the fight is going to uh, start off with the tiny tornado trying to work in, you know, close the distance, get some strikes in there. But I think Nama Yunus is going to use her her longer limbs. Uh, close the distance and try and use her striking to set up uh, going to the ground and probably is going to tap her. Um, that's that's where I'm going with it. I, I mean, it could end on the feet as well. I think Rose Namajunas, with her long limbs, uh, is definitely going to try and go for a for a highlight reel finish to get herself a title opportunity. But um, overall, I think I see Thug Rose walking away with the victory for this fight. Uh, Daryl Horcher is going to be taking on Khabib Nurmagomedov. Um, Khabib, of course, coming off an uh, injury, uh, taking on a guy on short notice since his opponent dropped out. Um, I think I'm Khabib is going to come in there trying to make a statement, get himself a, a more exciting fight in the near future, and I'm going to pick him for this fight. The main event of the evening, Glover Teixeira facing the returning Rashad Evans. Of course, Rashad Evans is... Longtime UFC veteran going back to the first ultimate fighter. Uh, I like Rashad. I feel that Rashad is a guy that still has some gas in the tank to go out there and maybe make another title run. I think that Teixeira, being a slightly bigger guy, is going to try and utilize that to bully Rashad Evans around. I think Rashad Evans has really crisp, uh, you know, really crisp striking, and I think he's going to use that quite a bit. He has really good boxing. And I think he's going to try and leverage that, and he may he may rely on some wrestling too. I think that Glover Teixeira is going to definitely be ready for the wrestling, but I think that it's probably going to go to Rashad Evans based on striking alone. Not sure about the fight being finished, but I do feel that Rashad Evans is going to go with the uh, punches and bunches, and he's going to use that to secure a uh, decision victory in that fight. But I could be wrong; it's happened before anyway. UFC on Fox 19 goes down on channel five or Fox in your local area starting at 8 PM for the main card. The prelims will begin at 6 PM Eastern standard time and the prelims of the prelims uh, will be on UFC fight pass beginning at 4 PM. Now the last bit of MMA news to wrap things up goes a little near and dear to my heart, New York city, um, of course, as many of you know, legislation was approved for MMA to resume uh, here in New York State. Governor Mario Cuomo will be uh, signing a bill to legalize MMA more than likely on Thursday uh, tomorrow at Madison Square garden but i gotta I gotta check to see if it's not next Thursday, but in either case, um, there's definitely going to be a special event for this with Governor Cuomo signing the bill. Um, At this special ceremony at the Garden, as many of you know, if you didn't hear past episodes, uh, the bill was passed 113 to 25 on the state assembly floor last month, ending the ban on mixed martial arts that was adopted in 1997. Uh, Once Cuomo signs the bill, the Athletic Commission will have 120 days to draft guidelines and regulations as the state's sanctioning body. Um, everybody's expecting a big UFC turnout at this signing, including Ronda Rousey. I'm sure Chris Weidman and a couple of uh, New York's homegrown MMA stars will be at this event. Of course, once that bill is signed and the commission is established, I'm sure that it will pretty much be academic at that point with regards to Madison Square Garden seeing its first UFC event before the end of the year. As of right now, it looks like that will be happening in November. Of course, once I hear anything with regards to that as a New Yorker, I'm sure many of my other fellow New Yorkers will want to know that as soon as it's announced. So there you have it. As of right now, all signs point to the UFC holding at minimum four events a year here in New York State uh, within the first three years that MMA is legal. Again, that's, that's pretty big on the UFC's part, holding four events here. And of course, for those of you that aren't familiar with how you, the UFC does things uh, when they are doing events in your local area there, they, it's not just the fights, much like WWE, there's an access event. Uh, there's plenty of fighter appearances and opportunities to interact with the fighters. So um, I think it's going to be a big boost here in New York state. I think that the economy is going to, you know, benefit from it greatly only because it's not just the UFC, You know, having shows here in New York, but Bellator World Series of Fighting, some of the other smaller promotions, plus independent promotions that are run here in New York on the sly that have been doing exhibition matches for years will now be actively able to have legitimate MMA competition, much like it's been, you know, a dream of people that have attended the MMA Expo here in New York that, you know, we get to see some fights at the Expo from now on. And now that is a possibility Again, if I hear anything further and if we are able to cover the event, we would definitely share that with you guys on our social media platforms and, of course, on RageWorks.net. All right, so that bit of MMA news is going to wrap up the MMA portion of this week's show. We are going to switch gears and jump into some wrestling, so let's get to it. I want to start off with Monday Night Raw. Raw this past Monday, of course, uh, the second Raw after WrestleMania. Shane McMahon once again put in charge due to the quote-unquote overwhelming social media response that was put out there. Now, Shane McMahon is definitely a breath of fresh air when, you know, we've we've been— forced to deal with the authority for so long. And I'm not saying this because the authority was just shitty only because it's the typical evil owner scenario that we've seen for quite some time. Now, obviously that's not to say that Shane can't become a heel either, but I just feel that having a face running the place, so to speak, um, makes for just interesting and more intriguing, uh, television. Of course, raw this week was exactly that with Shane back in action, getting ready to, uh, start the show interrupted by Kevin Owens and Kevin Owens was put in a match for number one contendership against Cesaro in a match that was it, it was really, really, really well done. Um, I feel that Cesaro once again continues to impress and by capturing the victory, uh, Cesaro now heads to WWE Payback to challenge The Miz for the IC title. I felt that the match itself was was incredibly You know, incredibly competitive from start to finish. Kevin Owens never disappoints, and Cesaro, you know, coming back from his shoulder injury was definitely dialed in. Shane McMahon also announced the tag team tournament. Well, let me rephrase that. (laughs) Let me rephrase that. The New Day announced the tag team tournament, which, uh, you know, obviously was probably orchestrated by Shane McMahon, and um, it was very interesting, the teams that are involved Uh, I think any of the teams that are involved are going to be willing uh, you know they're going to definitely be willing challengers for the new day Uh, one of the tag team tournament matches was the Dudley boys taking on the Lucha Dragons which of course ended in controversy as it appeared that Kalisto was injured in that match it turns out according to numerous wrestling websites and other outlets that Kalisto was actually not injured, but the match was done so that Kalisto would not participate in the match. Uh, they were using that to write him off so that he can participate in the international tour, which is currently going on right now. Now, a lot of people were also saying that this was done because it was going to be a catalyst to start breaking up the Lucha Dragons. Not a fan of that. I personally feel that, you know, it's one of those instances where again, the Lucha Dragons deserve a tag team title opportunity and I um, you know I'm not I'm not down with breaking them up just yet regardless of Kalisto being the IC champion uh, at this juncture. I'd rather let these guys stick it out as I said during last week's show, give them a lengthy run, an opportunity to compete for those titles and at least wins, win those titles one time before going into the you know the partner turning on the other partner scenario that we've seen Once too often, Slick has brought to my attention that our very own Jay Santi is on the line. I'm going to bring him in, Mister Santi.
1: Yeah, I'm just going on because apparently the social media had asked for me to be a part of the show. Apparently, it was an overwhelming swell. (laughs) So after this, I will be also uh, pioneering for my commissioning of RAW as well. Maybe I could get SmackDown.
0: Maybe, maybe, maybe you could get SmackDown. Um, you know, I'm, I'm I'm going through you know the, the the raw matches and some of the stuff from raw. Do you feel that we're watching something completely different with the authority no longer being around? I almost feel like creative was replaced by actual competent people. <laughs> How scary is that I, I felt shit? The
1: same way. It's it's very scary. I'm almost feeling as though that somebody is actually listening to our shows and possibly, you know, uh, stealing some of our ideas at the same time.
0: Hey, hey! You brought to my attention that somebody else feels that Baron Corbin looks like Krang. So, uh, you know, the shit is out there. That's all I'm saying. I'm on on to you guys. I'm on to you. But, um, (laughs) you know, I think I think that opener with Cesaro and Kevin Owens was good. I think that putting Cesaro in there. Gives uh, gives the Miz somebody fresh to work with, and we know that the Miz is probably going to stay champion. But I just feel that writing Zack Ryder off so quickly after putting the belt on him—I mean, you know, him getting the belt was was news enough. Him losing the belt was equally a newsworthy item, and now it's like back to the line with no legitimate explanation whatsoever.
1: I think sometimes when when we when we think about what the wrestlers are are doing at the moment and, and how these things occur and how they get pulled away so quickly. I I I feel that, especially in the case of Zack Ryder, he wanted this one moment. He wanted that WrestleMania moment. He even said on his Instagram and on his Twitter, like, all he really wanted was to hear his music played at Mania. And for him to get the belt was like the icing, you know, on the cake. But I, I, I also feel that this is gonna be something that develops a little bit more, that you know, the underdog is gonna is gonna rise at least one more time.
0: I hope so. You, here's the thing. When you look at when you look at Zack Ryder and the shit that he's gone through, I got I gotta be honest, man. Zach Ryder is a WWE product through and through. You know, he came in as one half of the major brothers with Kurt Hawkins, they split them up. Zack Ryder became, you know, this bro persona that everybody got into. He was I think I, I think he was at the top of the food chain when he was working that program with Kane and, you know, John Cena got involved and all this shit. I think that that, was, that he was they could have leveraged that and done something big at that exact moment and they didn't. And for the company to go back and quote unquote give Zack Ryder his moment, let's not fucking kid ourselves. Zack Ryder got his moment because the Neville, who was supposed to be in that match, got hurt. Right. You know, Let, let we got to call a spade a spade. It, it, you know, you got in there because it's like, we need a body, and you're it. Now, in terms of putting the title on him, maybe the WWE just wanted to shock everybody and do something unconventional and unheard of. But again, you're taking a guy who is deserving, is a solid mid-carder, who is, you know, who's doing that, and he loses the belt in, quote-unquote, you know, due to nefarious circumstances, and the following week, nobody says shit.
1: I think the other the other card that's being played is that he he's known in the uh, in I like think the Performance Center and in, in NXT as a guy who's been helping to, to uh, motivate and put the guy and uh, the, the the other wrestlers up, preparing them for what the roster is like. So I think that's where they're finding him to be. Where he's gonna be, although it, it does look like he and his hype bro doesn't seem to get along too much. But I think he's he's getting into that 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 role where he's becoming more of the mentor rather than the performer.
0: No, and and that's fine. But I just feel that the guy the guy's put in enough time and and listen, if if WWE wasn't a fan that he got himself over on his own, you got to remember, and this is something that I've said before. This whole social media revolution, the WWE likes to talk about from tout to relationships with Snapchat to all that shit, you inadvertently owe to a guy who made up his own title and used a flip cam. You know? Yeah, and
1: that's exactly. And, 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 and we were talking about that as well here at, 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 uh, when, when WrestleMania was happening. We were like, wow, now that he won that, he should come out and roll and come out with both belts. And it's like one of those things where you're right he they they need to acknowledge that while you guys were 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 laughing at him and he was he was doing all this stuff on his own, you basically just ripped off his gimmick when it came to social media
0: listen as as someone you know who's who's what you know decent and i, and I say this decently versed in wrestling when referring to myself you know and and you who have who have you know been working more and more on the independent side also uh with with a lot of the work on t r s s you know you have to you have to acknowledge the fact that social media has been very instrumental for a lot of wrestlers for various reasons, both good and bad. But in Zack Ryder's case, that guy used it as a fucking lifeline to keep himself relevant at a time when nobody gave a fuck about him.
1: Yeah, I mean, if you guys if you guys haven't seen his his YouTube shows before the WWE basically destroyed it and his uh. Interaction with fans on Twitter way before Kevin Owens was bodying people on Twitter. Now, yep, I, Zach Ryder was the the he was the lightning rod to draw. He he was bringing it in, and, and so somebody sat there and said, "Listen, you know, you guys better pay attention to what he's doing because if it wasn't for him, we'd still be in the freaking dark ages. We'd still be in our freaking
0: Windows XP." And that and that's the thing too. WWE doesn't WWE took a brand new they they became a brand new entity as soon as they started recognizing the internet you know when the, think about it half of the guys that they watch there's been plenty of interviews where i've read that oh you know we scouted these guys or we watch tape on these guys it's like are you uh, watching tape aka watching fucking youtube
1: and it's <laughs> You know, I wouldn't even be surprised if, if WWE still has a MySpace. Like, like that, that's what that's I'm saying. Was, like, like that's these... what it still would have been at,
0: and that's what it is. And then you know, you throw your your hat. You know, remember the Tout experiment. Like that shit fell by the wayside, and little by little, they started figuring out. All right, we got to go. We got to go on Twitter. We got to leverage. And you know, as soon as they got into bed with Twitter, they knew they're like, oh shit, we got something. Especially because it was a metric that could be quantified instantly. Think about it. Raw is live at eight o'clock to eleven. From eight o'clock to eleven, you can watch the data come in on what people are watching, what people are saying, and what people are sharing about your product at a glance without even blinking. And again, inadvertently, thanks, Zack Ryder. You know,
1: and as you know, you know, as you as you follow it yourself, you know the algorithms, and, and now. It's now done with uh, in the masses where you can follow it on all social media. What you know, trending. Correct. What, what time the peak hours are when people on social media and such. And by the way, I must say, whoever's running WWE Snapchat is fucking god awful. It's yep. Terrible. Yep.
0: They're <laughs> they're ridiculous. they're learning they're learning the platform. I mean, I was laughing. During the first couple of uh, you know when they first got on the platform that they were sharing, uh, you know, fashion that the divas were wearing before the show, <laughs> and I said to myself, "Am I am I in the right channel? Because this looks like some shit you'd see on Vogue, you know, like oh raw yeah, fashion, like the, n- like I, nobody cares, I think
1: like nobody that- god somebody didn't tell them what the demo was. They right. really they really didn't get the demo for it's like." um uh we're, we're, 25 to 35 is not paying attention to
0: fashion no really no, no. Now. no 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 people uh, the thing about snapchat and and you know i commend you for for embracing the platform as well is the fact that you're giving somebody an instantaneous look with very minimal editing see like instagram there instagram requires practice and work because you got to take the right photo, you know, you know, and and we we joke about this. How many how many times do you think a woman posts a photo that she's probably taken at least six times before it goes up? And I'm not even talking about oh, from a gender perspective. I'm that, just saying and that's as a whole.
1: the minimum.
0: <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I mean, I know you you know men men are guilty of that too for whatever it is because that's what it is. We're trying to depict. We're going to trying to showcase our best selves, and that's fine. Like Snapchat isn't. Snapchat is still kind of a of a raw medium in the sense that you got 15 seconds, you take a video, you can't really doctor it up too much. You can, but not by a lot unless you're sharing it from person to person. And WWE they're starting to realize that like hey, you know, here's a new perspective from entrance video or the you know, right now they're touring in in Milan and and in a couple of places and you see like some of the superstars they pop in, hey, we're here, we're doing this and and it's starting to become Something more, and I think that again, you know, Zack Ryder was the guy that put himself out there to be accessible to interact with the audience. Now, you know, WWE superstars they all they all interact with their with their fans in some capacity. I mean, Kevin Owens obviously has made a name for himself just just obliterating individuals on Twitter, and clearly the company sees no problem with that.
1: Yeah, I, I don't I don't see him getting lost in the shuffle as of yet. Although it, it, they, they seem to have like Quickly, put Cesaro in that role. Right, listen, he's healthy. Drop him in it. But I, I, I still, like I said, I still have hope that they'll give him that one more, that one more run. They get for that one more burst. And it might not be now, but it, it, it's in development. I, I, I can see it coming away for him.
0: I, you know what I said to myself: if Zack Ryder's in, entire program was done to orchestrate the return of Maurice. I'd ask for my fucking release at that point. I'm being honest, if this was all done as a ploy to get her back so that she could be on Total Divas and be on T V, I'd I'd be like, Yo, I'm done. Give me my i Lucha Underground, here I come. <laughs>
1: well, you know what? I, somebody had made a somebody had made a post in one of the wrestling groups and they made such the same like comment in which they say, you know, he, he deserves better and, right. and such and I and I had to write to them, I said let's think about it like this. You really want to leave the biggest promotion? Nope. In wrestling, cut your salary in half, possibly less, just for a belt. I I don't know. Well, I, here's... Think, I think right now this is what this is where Zach is opening the door for other opportunities yep. because he knows he's not he's not a, a main event status. <clears throat> Excuse me, he knows that. He's had a great run when he was, you know, with Edge. He had the tag titles. Right. He had a. He's got a few belts under his uh, under his waistline. Like he had. He's had some. I think right now he's getting into the fold where he's gonna. He's gonna start getting into that 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 other avenues of the business. And, right. And, you know, like I said, they'll give him one more run.
0: I tell you this much: if if he were to leave. It's like he's got to don't go to TNA cuz they might pay you they might pay him in wick checks. He pay might
1: him. he might be the janitor at their new warehouse.
0: That's <laughs> it. He might get paid in wick checks and hair gel. But um you know, for for everything that was the opening match which was good, uh you know, the tag team tournament putting the Lucha Dragons in there, like I said before you came on, I understood why they were doing that with Kalisto to kind of, you know, write him off cuz he's going to be on the international tour, but you're also derailing uh, a tag team that you can easily market and sell merchandise with kids.
1: Yeah, I think they, if they, I think if they started to 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 break that bridge right now between them, it's it's a bad investment because yep. like if the, their merch is still selling, I believe it's I believe it's the last time I looked, it was like top seven. They were they were in their like sixth or seventh bracket right. of all merch so far, uh, and they they they're still. One of those that at any given event, hell, be it uh, SmackDown, be it a Raw, be it a Superstars, they're still getting in a, a draw where people won't want to see them. So it, it'd be dumb to do that now.
0: Yep, I, I agree hundred percent. I also, you know, the the Usos defeating the Social Outcasts obviously opened the the uh, the, the, the the trap door for Machine Gun Carl Anderson and Doc Gallows to finally debut in the WWE. Um, an interesting debut. I got to commend them for actually acknowledging not only who they were, but where they were from. I'm really starting to appreciate that the commentators, and I. And you know what's funny? I blame Mauro Ranallo. Because if you notice, when Mauro Ronaldo commentates on SmackDown, he's like, yeah, blah, 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 blah. And you, and you notice Jerry Lawler keeps always tries to clown him. Even though it's like this guy knows his shit.
1: <laughs> yeah, and and by the way, he is he is fast becoming my most favorite announcer on like instantly. Yep, it's been it, it, it's fabulous what he does right now. It's just been fabulous,
0: dude. But calling. I,
1: I just had to say that. I just have to say that when it comes to finally acknowledging where these guys are coming from and not like uh, parts unknown. Yep. It, it, it starts to remind me of the territories because the territories did that. They, That's right. They knew it was like uh, this was AWA's champ, or this was, like they knew that already. It was it was it was okay to say it. Everybody was in the same realm. We know you didn't magically appear from Wrestling Land or something.
0: Well, on top of the fact that they're also uh, uh, besides bringing these guys in, they're letting them keep those names. I'm sure that there's probably going to be a, some deviation that WWE is going to trademark. Like in Shinsuke Nakamura's case, they're just calling him Nakamura mostly. But he was called the king of strong style on NXT.
1: By the way, did anybody ever ever anticipate or ever would have thought at this time that a rousing applause will be going out for Festus? Nobody. Yep, thought Festus nobody thought that. Here.
0: Nobody he thought
1: good, that. good, man. I'm telling you. I saw a comparison for him, uh, somebody put it up uh, recently, and you see Festus prior to what the guy is now, Gallows, it's amazing transformation, man, I mean, good for him.
0: Yeah, he did did a, a tremendous job, he looks good out there, he looks incredibly comfortable, and the funny thing is, you know, everybody's like, oh man, you know, why did the Usos have to be the guys, and... As I've said before, if you want to establish heat being a heel, you go out there and you beat up the guys that the crowd loves to cheer. And if it yeah, wasn't going to if it wasn't going to be the there Lucha and beat Dragons,
1: up the of Nations. no, hell no. no, it wasn't the League of Nations. No, no, no. no.
0: And if you want, and if, and and that's the thing too. And we'll get into that in a minute. You know, you, the Lucha Dragons already got beat up earlier, so you had to beat up the next most most popular tag team. And in this case, it was the Usos. Now. The thing about this is, and many people, you know, except for those of us that watch all wrestling, everybody's like, oh, you know, what does this mean for AJ Styles? And I said to myself, simple, you got two guys that beat up Roman Reigns' cousins, you got one guy that ran with the two guys that beat up Roman Reigns' cousins facing Roman Reigns at a pay-per-view. Hmm... (laughs) Like scratch, scratching your noggin, scratching your noggin. Exactly, and and but uh, I love it. And, somebody, somebody
1: had pulled, somebody made a, a, a comment to him on Twitter, where where they referenced uh, him. How is it going to be conflicting? Where he was running, uh, he was leading a uh, Bullet Club, and Finn Balor being there as well. And he was like, "I wasn't the leader of Bullet Club." Like he just like, I love that it's being talked about. It's yep. not this you know behind the curtain thing. But the only thing I would say. Is that I know WWE? They're really not gonna really pull the trigger on it, so they're they're they, they're not gonna really give the whole bullet club thing as of yet because they're still PG. Right? Like machine like machine gun Carl Anderson is not gonna be machine gun Carl Anderson. No, it'll he is not. Like uh, uh, it'll be like water gun or something. <laughs> <It's gonna
0: laughs> water PG gun Carl Anderson. That's that's <laughs> the thing, you know. There, uh, you know, from from. AJ's calf killer being called the calf crusher. I mean, I mean, I understand where they're going, but they're they're definitely going to work something out. And I just, I just find it amazingly convenient the way that they're doing it again. This is me being, being Mr. Brightside for once and saying to myself, could they actually pull it off where they're actually doing long-term booking where, you know, they take the Usos out of the equation. AJ, all of a sudden wins the belt. And Balor gets the call up, you know, like that uh, yeah, again. That's that's it's wishful thinking. Of,
1: um, yeah, it's myth of um. It, not, I'm not gonna say entirely, but we it, it kind of you could kind of simulate it with the outsiders coming right. to WCW like that kind of thing.
0: Precisely.
1: What you doing? Yeah, you're looking for that. I I think yeah, man, it, it's so dope, man. I love the reception that they got, man. I, I know a lot of people who. Who weren't in the know? They were all just like, like who? The, who that? Yeah, exactly. It's like Ooh. that looked like Festus.
0: Yep. <laughs> on top of the fact that I never thought I'd be watching a Monday Night Raw where I would see El Generico and AJ Styles wrestle a match for roughly fifteen minutes and tear the fucking roof off.
1: Hey, let me tell you, I, 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 like I mentioned on my show, like I do it on TRSS when I when I'm at Turnbuckle Tabloid, I say. it. This booking has become WWE 2K16. Seriously. This has become my, it's become my universe. This is yep. what it's become. You know, and I... I'm, I'm one of those that I sit there, like my daughter, she's, she, you know, Sully sits there, she's watching this and she enjoys it. Like Because a lot of the guys she's seen in the indies, like, she, she's like, oh, I've, I've seen AJ. And to see him at the show, or this person here. And to, to actually see it for me, I go, I would have never thought this was going to happen.
0: Exactly. Uh, in addition to that, it's like you know we're seeing we're seeing the the you know the the ascension of Apollo Crews. Clearly, WWE feels hey we maybe we found and 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 again I'm using this strictly from a narrative perspective. Maybe we finally found a black guy we can sell to the to the masses, which is stupid because you got guys that you could have done that with ages ago. But clearly somebody somebody in in creative has hitched their wagon. To Apollo Cruz for the guy he got, you know, he got the call up before guys that should have got the call up, and you know the, the 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 announced team sings his praises with a lot of enthusiasm.
1: I love the fact that he's like a kid. Yep, like, coming out of little league, making it to the high school, uh, his my, his his varsity high school team, making it to college, going to the like you see his 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 tra- his, his his transformation. And his his development in that short period of time, and how he appreciates it. He walks through, you know, the gorilla uh, the gorilla position. And he goes through the current, and he looks at. It and he's like, "Wow, I'm I'm fucking here." Holy yep. shit! Like, but I do say that, and I'm I'm gonna say it now. Um, this is on whatever date. This is the fourth, thirteenth, fourteenth, whatever it is. They are so gonna drop the ball with him so much.
0: Yep, because what happens they're gonna, is they're gonna drop. Yeah, and and I and I agree with you because it's like, all right, he's kind of feuding with the social outcast, kind of, sorta. Of. It's like, okay, you're doing that to establish him as a as an impact player, no problem. But it's what they, it's what you do after that that matters. Cause this yeah, this and is I
1: don't, and I'm not saying give him the belt. No,
0: no, no, not at all. I'm
1: just saying like yeah, like they 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 still gonna find a way. Like I can see him like them doing like some really hokey stuff with him yep and just because you know he has a nice smile and it's gonna be real cheesy i I could just see that they're they're really gonna mess him up
0: i'm shocked that they haven't found a way to do like the little fucking king when he fucking smiles the little fucking little fucking sparkle (laughs) like they do some dumb shit like that like hey man vote for me like get the fuck out of here hopefully (laughs) not but
1: that'll be his promo
0: yep that'll be some dumb shit but uh you know what i do gotta say i gotta say that you know the the women's match was really good once again reinforcing that natalia when you give her incentive and you actually make her wrestle you're getting something good i mean you know rick flair being involved i would love to see this culminate in a uh divas like steel cage match but we're not gonna get that <laughs>
1: No, oh, no, 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 I mean, they used to do it in o v w in ohio valley they they weren't afraid to do stuff like that with the women. they had ladder matches and stuff like that like i i my and if w w e would really want to pull the trigger or something and have some balls, just do it, yep. I mean, really, just, just do it they they the women are not sitting there saying, "Well, I don't think that I can' do that because you know that's not no. They want to be a part of stuff like that. WrestleMania. You see what Sasha and, you, and Becky and, and Charlotte were, were pulling out. They they, they want to do stuff like that.
0: I gotta tell you, if you did a Divas Ladder match with Charlotte, Charlotte, Becky, and Sasha Banks, people people would just people would just end up quitting because it was just so great. They'd be like, "Fuck, we can't compete with that. We're good."
1: There's one um, in Ohio Valley. I forgot who she 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 wrestled against. Uh, uh, Beth Phoenix had a ladder match, and it was one of the most. And you guys, if you look further in YouTube, it was probably one of the most amazing ladder matches that you would see, just for for that scale. Because you would go, wow! They 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 really didn't pull any punches on that match. It wasn't like any dainty shit. They went out there and they wrestled.
0: I um. I, I gotta say, I'm not sure how I feel about Chris Jericho working a program with Dean Ambrose. I also don't like the fact that Chris Jericho's using "bury" and "buried." <laughs> I'm like, that's gimmick infringement, <laughs> sir. Gimmick infringement. But um, well,
1: I, think, <laughs> I think I think he's uh, he's sick of hearing everybody saying the wrong terminology. Yeah. Me, oh you know, yeah, hundred percent. Teach people now.
0: hundred oh, <laughs> percent. I um, you and know,
1: he owes us. He owes us some way. <laughs>
0: I, I just, I just don't feel that a program between them is going to be, not that it's not going to be good, because I think it, it'll be, you know, it'll it'll be solid. I just don't feel that it's optimizing either guy's strengths, you know, because Chris Jericho's not a full time guy, and Ambrose was kind of on a tear, and now he's kind of just, you know, waiting, so to speak.
1: I think where what, what, what they're going with is because um, there's rumblings that. Uh that Fozzie's going on tour again this summer right so this will be a short this is this should be the uh, short angle for them this will be their short storyline uh, Ambrose will go go over and this will be the opening for Ambrose to start uh, finding his niche in the in more of a um, wrestler as of the lunatic fringe as all well that they want right. to keep tagging him with but I think this is where they're gonna want him because I think this is where Jericho wants to make him look more as a wrestler than just this f- fucking kook.
0: Well, I also I also heard that there are rumblings that WWE when they toured Japan they kind of started planting those seeds for a Jericho Nakamura match. Which that I'll fucking see.
1: <laughs> I would see it, but I feel so like Jericho has. You could tell that. It's one of two things. Either he's missing his pacing now that he's a little bit older with these guys, right? Because you know, with AJ, it just looked as though like you know he you know he really had to catch up, or it was that AJ was a little bit too fast because he still is working at that yep. uh, Japan style, indie style, yep. You know, yeah, the indie style. And then um, another thing is that with Jericho, it's that. I don't I don't I don't see that he's really really like want I mean I know he he's so into putting the guys over but do you also want to look at that glimmer of you know I'm still the fucking guy like yep. I'm 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 the best in the world for I agree Williams. that <laughs> I, don't, I agree I'll give you I'll give you this but I'm a, I'm going to take this
0: Oh I I agree with that 100%. I think that you know he's definitely going to put he's trying to put Ambrose over and I think he's trying to open some doors For Ambrose, but I also think that he wants to remind people, hey, I could come in here 10 pounds overweight and out-wrestle half of these motherfuckers that y'all created without even trying. (laughs) So, you know, be advised. I I mean, you know, it's admirable, that's for sure. I do gotta say, I'm a little concerned with Primo and Epico because they're really looking, they're, they're really building them like they built Carlito, but I said, damn, you're doing it at the expense of Puerto Rico. I'm gonna get lynched next time I go to an event. Be like, we hate you Puerto hey, Ricans.
1: Hey, hey, listen. We get <laughs> something to be proud of. They they took the fucking mask off. They don't have a, a little person with horns. Uh, they are acknowledging the, the homeland. Let, give us something. Everybody as long as they don't come in the ring stabbing
0: people, we're okay. That's it. As <laughs> the, yo, as long good. as they don't as long as they don't defeat somebody and stuff a bag of fucking tostones on them, that we're good. <laughs> as soon as you know see
1: them come to the ring. Eating patelillos. Yep. Having a acapulia. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah. Represent our, our, our homeland. Our throwing, island. Go ahead.
0: Throwing little bottles of Bacardi <laughs> into the stands. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> I, you know what it is, man? It's like, I, I don't, it's, it amuses me, but I also say to myself, ah, Vince McMahon relying on those racial overcoats.
1: But you know what? We deserve it, though. You know why? Because after that. God awful representation of what Spanish people with the matador. Oh my and, and God! It's but, people, but here's here's the thing that people forgot. weren't they supposed to have broken up? Like, didn't uh, 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 Diego and the other Mamao yeah. they, like fight and.
0: <laughs> yep, <laughs> yep, they did. But here's here's the funny thing when when those guys first debuted. They debuted and they had fucking Rosa Mendez with them, and they came out with those terrible Puerto Rican flag vests. I felt like I was at the Puerto Rican parade circa 1997, and yeah, yeah and then they sold it with Rosa, like yeah, you know Rosa, blah blah blah, and the and the cheesy uh, reggaeton music that they would come out with. I was like, oh, this is so bad. And then it was like, oh, you want bad? We're going to give you worse. We're going to dress these guys like like the (laughs) matatodes. They send them out as as the matatodes, and, you know, everybody pretty much could give less of a fuck. And then, you know, the little bull pretty much took over, and he was pretty much the most over aspect of that entire team. And now it's like, yeah, now we're just going to show you Puerto Rico. We're going to give you flowers and sunshine and the Zika virus, and uh, yeah. You motherfuckers are gonna be over. I was like, you know, check this shit out. You wanna do some real booking? Fuck that.
1: Y'all wanna show what Puerto Rico's about? Dress El Torito now, and now he's El Coqui. Put him as a fr- little frog. Oh my that's god. It. Yes. Dude. That's, that's booking right
0: there. Dude, a little <laughs> frog. Now that Rosa Mendez is pregnant, she could come down in a stroller with some big hoop earrings. <laughs> big hoop earrings, a stroller. Change
1: her name. Change your name change our name to Lazette and
0: just be screaming all the time. <laughs> yep. Yeah, pretty. Uh, you know what? That's pretty ma- much what Matt Hardy's wife is doing. <laughs> oh, God, <I'm, laughs> come on, dude. I'm, I'm, <laughs> tell <laughs> me, tell me that she is not playing and, the, the legit. The role, And she is Puerto Rican. Yep, And she comes out yeah, with the baby. Rican. Dude, she got, yep. she got fucking, uh, what's his name? Funkasaurus as like the babysitter. Dude's carrying the kid around like fucking Vigo and Ghostbusters. I'm like, yo, what are you doing? It's like, that's the uncle. That's the ah, oh, dude. Like, that's it was
1: uncle in the Bronx. Yep. Whole, whole Hector, whole Hector. Because I'm gonna go fight. Whole yep. Hector,
0: whole Hector. Hold him. Give me the Vaseline. <laughs> Give me the Vaseline. Let me take my earrings off. Take off these 18 eighteen-inch platform Nobody high heels.
1: Nothing about my man. <laughs>
0: That's the chick that goes to the club to pick up her man with her mom and her pops in tow. No, hold
1: up, it's three thirty. He's still in there. Yep,
0: rolling <laughs> up, just just straight up. Yo, Ooh. hold my hold my son. It's three a.m. I gotta go get your father.
1: <laughs> oh, oh, Puerto Rican stereotypes—they're so true.
0: They're they're so they're so delightful. I mean, the only <laughs> thing—the only thing at that point that you could do is just make them like Puerto Rican crime time. <laughs> they just they just come out.
1: If you ever want to stop her from fighting somebody, just put out a flan and just be like, "Here, calm that, down."
0: That's it. Eat the flan. <laughs> calm down. You're 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 ugly when you're angry. <laughs> eats eats the flan, turns into better. Rosa Mendez. <laughs> better, better. That's it. <laughs> I don't know, man. I don't know how I feel about it. It's funny, you know, and it's like, oh, come to Puerto Rico, the shining star of the Caribbean. It's like. Okay, we got that. Is that. Like the
1: most oldest advertised. Yep. it shit was in the 80s. 100%. Wow. And it brought.
0: <laughs> Dude, I used to wow. watch that. Old, you know, they had the jingle. There. Dude, it had the jingle. Mm-hmm. Puerto Rico, the Shining Star. You'd hear the little jingle. Those were the first fucking sentences you learned as a kid because your parents always had Telemundo on <laughs> for like fucking 14 hours. It's the first sentence you learned. Exactly. You'd go to Puerto, you'd go to school, your teacher would be like, Oh, what's your name? Puerto Rico, the shining star
1: Oh <laughs> And all your friends are all your friends are looking at you and they're just like Whatever <laughs> Exactly,
0: like who the Whatever. fuck let this mama look in here? <laughs> who, who cares? <laughs> That's it. Your uh, little commercial, your little dingle dude it was it's uh i'm taking a really big wait and see approach with it man but
1: oh i can't wait i can't wait i I can't wait they need to come out with a -a guayabera. they have that guayabera for you people who don't know Guayabera is a a puerto rican uh uniform it's a ruffled shirt yep it's 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 gorgeous it's short sleeve all right
0: i mean my my groomsmen (laughs) my groomsmen did wear them at the wedding that's that's what that's that's when I, I'm i keeping it real right now. I got married in
1: appropriate attire. Yeah, you dude,
0: I got married in Puerto Rico on the beach and my groomsmen had guayaberas on. It was legit right. brown. Mind you, mind you, oh. my, my wife, my wife is Irish. So uh, amongst many other things. So imagine that visual. Here I am. <laughs> here I am in a suit looking like a mosquito in a in a in a glass of milk my groomsmen one of which you know is, is an atheist an atheist white guy and my nephew who is pretty much a carbon Wait, copy me of yes. me yes exactly sta- standing there and you know my 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 guest list look like like the rainbow coalition like, you know, you had all these different colors and nationalities and shit there, and we're getting married on the beach, and I'm just like, this is paradise, I'm telling you.
1: <laughs> <laughs> this, this is, I'm telling you. This That's kid, it. Listen, I could take over the world right now. Yeah, it's dude, it was, it was legit.
0: But as soon as you mentioned that, I said to myself, they'll probably send those motherfuckers out in Guayaberas, and then they pull them apart like Cesaro does I'm- with the suit.
1: And it's better. Be, it's better. It's better because when Carlito came out, he came out in a in a, in a fucking a Hawaiian shirt. We don't wear Hawaiian
0: shirts. Hell we fucking Guayaberas. You know what? We wore Hawaiian we shirts in night in two thousand and four when you were able to get them with different designs on them, like fucking dragons and shit. <laughs> Come on, we all we had, had, fucking, had them. We were all um, guilty. You had DBZ characters in the front. That's it. Throw on a pair of <laughs> throw on a pair of fucking Paco jeans, a uh, Dragon Ball Z button down. And you were styling some (laughs) lugs boots. You throw on a fucking visor to the side and like 18 different gold chain, gold and silver chains on. You were fucking booming. You were, you were Puerto Rico, you were Puerto Rican gangster personified. And, and your, and your refrigerator was full of condiments and your wife would whoop your ass if you got home late.
1: And you had and you had the big Chuleta. You that's You always it. had to have the big Chuleta. And let me tell you something. If Primo Epico don't come out with something that's sample from Hector Lavo, I'm going to be fucking pissed. Yeah, gonna well, my whole- that,
0: that, that, that's going to ruin the <laughs> enti- John- the enti- the entire Let's Puerto if, Rican what, vibe Jim is going to be ruined.
1: <laughs> Let's see if Jim Johnson could come up with a theme for that shit.
0: <laughs> the only way that this would work outside of all the shit that we're fucking spewing would be if Carlito came back with them?
1: Oh, listen. I, uh, I've, I've already... I've gotten people who've messaged me and they've asked, do, and they've asked, do you, think, you think he's coming back? I want to hear your input on it. I want to hear what you say. I'm like, dude, Carlito's not coming back unless you give him a, a, a lock contract and like a pound of weed every month. He's not coming back. He can't... He, he, he's got he's to make sure that he's going to be exempt from the wellness prod. Oh, yep. fucking... The cool only them. he's not gonna do it. The
0: only other thing that would make that complete is if Carlito came back and he braided that afro into some Puerto Rican cornrows. Nothing uh. is <laughs> nothing is worse than having quote unquote good hair and um, having that shit cornrowed. It's it is a, it is awful. Every time I see one of my fellow brown people with with braids in their hair, I just look at them with such disdain. <laughs>
1: No, no, I look at them with such glee because when they get older, their hairline moves further back earlier than ours did to what it is now. So while mine is probably going back at 40, theirs were going back at 31.
0: Oh, they got that that LeBron James hairline. (laughs) For real.
1: Keep pulling it back. Keep braiding yourself up. You go, Mr. Puerto Rico. That's
0: it. But, um... (laughs) To, to wrap things up on the raw side, I gotta say the uh, the the, uh, the masterful Bray Wyatt face turn is coming along nicely. Obviously, you know League of Nations coming out to interrupt Roman earlier in the evening led to the Wyatts, led to Shane making the tag match. Felt like I was watching a Teddy Long rerun. We're gonna have a tag match, but um, I thought to myself. Are we actually going to see a, a, a well-placed face turn for, for Bray Wyatt and the Wyatt family? And not even a face turn, but just like a tweener a tweener run? I mean, you know, the League of Nations are, are good guys for that. But, you know, can can creative effectively make Bray Wyatt a cheerable character?
1: Wait a minute. Did you not even notice his swag? Did you see how he yep. looked? Yep. The, the pants? Yeah. The shirt he had on? His kicks? Although they were dingy, they were still rocking. It was like and he not for nothing because I was I had to watch it again because my daughter was, she watches it with me the next day, I'm watching it again and I'm looking at and I told I tell Sally, I said look at look at how Bray is carrying himself now a little bit like
0: yep it's
1: like all of a sudden somebody like he just walked into a future concert or something like he he's in the
0: building. oh yeah I, I mean like, wow yeah he lost a, he lost some weight man he looks in really good condition. Um, yeah. you know, there, there's a rumor going around. He got hurt on the fucking tour already, which is bad. Hopefully it's nothing serious, but, um, he, well, was, he was in a heard
1: already. Yeah. He was hurt already prior. Yep. That's why they were, they, they pulled him out of uh, a lot of matches and a lot of, um, a, a lot of shows uh, before, but, um, I still think it could work cause you still have the other Wyatt. I you mean, could, you're probably going to be down two now, but you still can make it look, my thing is that Bray has already been over with the with the crowd. The crowd loves it. It's it's no face, no heel thing. It's just when you when you're fucking over you're over. That's it. That's right. basically what it is. I my and even with the you know with the rock shit which by the way that motherfucker his shit looked baggy at WrestleMania. His trunks looked like he was wearing like a diaper. Yeah, he's uh, he's a are, are thin.
0: That's Baywatch. That's Baywatch body rock right there. That's not a. That's not Hercules body rock or or um. You know Hobbs body. That's uh Baywatch stunner. That's that. That's the, That's another but form.
1: It was really cool that he semi put them over, which he didn't have, He didn't really need to, but right. It was cool that his daddy did it. But um, with with how they're bringing him into the fold, everybody is saying like. You know they need to make the Wyatts have these belts, and they need to get them get to the title run. but we always said it. They don't really need it.
0: They don't they, need it, but they need to be involved in that it. capacity. That's all.
1: Invol- yeah, they need to be involved. Yeah, just be involved. They don't really need it.
0: Yep. Um, I I gotta say this you, though. You know, if
1: you get if you give the if you know if you give the if you give the, the 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 remaining the remaining two the belts if you give them the belts, cool, fine. If right. You the tag belts, fine. They don't really need it, but
0: just put them in the hunt. I got to say this, you know, I mean, you know, we're probably not going to see Bray Wyatt on TV uh, next week, uh, obviously because of the passing of Black Jack Mulligan, who, for those of you that don't know, is Robert Wyndham, uh, 73 years old. He's the father of Kendall Wyndham and Barry Wyndham, but he's also the father-in-law of Mike Rotunda IRS, and, which makes him the grandfather of Bo Dallas and Bray Wyatt. He, um, you know, he had passed away... And they did the uh, acknowledgement on Raw, but I'm curious if we'll actually see him next week due to that, because obviously he's gonna want he's gonna want to be there for his grandfather's funeral, you know.
1: Which, by the way, did you see when they were doing the separation of uh, Kevin Owens and uh, Sami Zayn? Uh, was, it was last week's Raw.
0: Yep. And,
1: and you see, it, it was like the the who's who of former. WWE talent. I was like, oh, look at Mike Rotundo. I was yep. Like, oh, Jamie Noble. <laughs> just, oh, look, Billy Kidman is
0: there. <laughs> yep. They just came out, and and you know what it is? It was a it's such a blink and you missed it moment. But you know, to see to see that you know, and read about Black Jack Mulligan's passing. I know you know he'd been battling health issues for some time, and I remember Bray da- Bray uh, Wyatt and Bo Dallas were off TV briefly um, because everybody thought that that was going to be it, and you know here here we are. So we're probably not going to see him next week, you never know, could happen, you know, wrestling is weird like that, but, uh, I mean, considering who he was in the business, I wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't be shocked if you didn't see either one of those guys this week.
1: Yeah, It's it's sad because even when I, from what I remember him, he was already older. He was in the later stages of wrestling. He was was already in his 40s when we saw him in the early uh, WWE uh, uh, Superstars era and stuff like that. So, you know, God bless that he was able to still be around for his family and his stuff for this, for this age. But uh, I I I have to say that we 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 always have to acknowledge that there's always going to be, the, regardless of what people say, there's a lineage that's going to happen in yep. wrestling. Hundred you know, percent. Generations, generations are going to come up, man, and that's what uh, third generation, right there, second generation,
0: uh, third, wow. I believe, yeah. So, and
1: yeah, there's more coming up.
0: Well, on top of that, you know, you read. The passing of Black Jack Mulligan at seventy three years old. And then on the flip of the coin, you read, of course, the passing of Balls Mahoney, um, which was you know, it was bad, you know. He he had he had injured himself, according to what I read. Uh, you know, he was, you know, with a walker, he had hurt his hip. Um, you know, and he, he had he had been ill prior to his passing, but again, Balls Mahoney was what was he, forty four?
1: Forty four years old.
0: Yeah, man, it's crazy. So it's like on one side, and again, this isn't to say that he passed away under, you know, mysterious circumstances because I'm sure we'll find that out. But, you know, on one side, you look at a guy who lived somewhat of a full life, you know, with Black Jack Mulligan. And then on the flip side, you see what happened with a guy like Balls Mahoney. Now, this guy, you know, his his partner, Amish Roadkill, passed away too. So. Well, wasn't his partner also um, Axel Rotten? Uh, he was, I believe. No, you know what? I believe Axel Rotten was the guy that passed away. Amish Roadkill, I think, is still alive. Let me rephrase that. Let me not say yeah, that guy's yeah, dead.
1: Axel Rotten,
0: yeah, because I know it's he had a run. He had a run with Amish Roadkill, and I want to say it was. Do I dare I say it was new ECW? You know WWE ECW. Yeah,
1: I know he, he 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 was tied with Axel Rotten for for a time.
0: Yep, and but, Spike Dudley, I remember so, that.
1: Right. But I, I got to tell you, uh, it was probably maybe two years ago. Uh, Axel Rodden was at an uh, HOG event, House of Glory event, and he came in and did his spiel or whatever, We you bumped it to him outside. And my daughter was just enthralled with just that his name was Balls. Like, it was the funniest thing for her to ever know. Yeah, and it he was. He was so nice, and he was so sweet to her. Like, it, it, for a guy, if you would look to just see him. He would look to be like the most unapproachable person, right? And he was so—he was such a nice person, man. It was, it was just sad to hear his passing, man. It's it a shame.
0: Yeah, it was. It's crazy, you know. To, to to read that, like I said, you go from one from one guy who lived a full life to a guy that passed away at the age of forty-four years old. You know, I'm definitely I'm definitely going to keep an eye out to see what he passed away from, because obviously, you know, you don't want to read that it was. What you think, you know, like like the bad shit. Like, yeah. if he had some sort of a health problem, you know, I, I'd like to at least know that to be able to report that.
1: Yeah, but it, it's it's like I said, too many people give too many reasons, and too, uh, it, it's just just acknowledge the fact that a man passed away. And he passed away young, and he had a family.
0: That's it. Now, um, I did, you know, for those of for those people that don't know, he was. Uh, in the, in the original ECW, he was in the new ECW. I remember he had a, he had a thing with Kelly Kelly. They did a program and then, right. uh, they cut him loose and then he kind of worked on the independent circuit for, for a couple years. Uh, you know, he's been popping up in a couple places, you know, house of glory being one of them. So, uh, definitely, you know, definitely a loss, not only for just the wrestling community, but even for the indie community. Cause it, you know, so many of the guys, that I've met along this journey that are independent wrestlers. That's all you saw on Facebook, guys talking about memories they had with, with you know, with Balls Mahoney. I mean, Danny DeMonto, who we both know, uh, you know, a prior guest, yeah. a previous guest on the show, you know, wrote, wrote you know, some some really touching stuff, especially because they they worked some programs together on, on the independents, man. It was, it was crazy, you know?
1: Yeah, he's one of those guys, like I said, the exterior didn't match the interior. He was a guy who looked as though... He might not be approachable, but he. You know, and when when you got to him outside the ring, he had a smile, and he was able to. You know, he he loved to be around his fans.
0: I did. I did want to talk about um, MVP being fired from Lucha Underground before even being on TV. Um, I got. <laughs> glad that you mentioned that. <laughs> I got to talk about that for a couple of reasons. Number one, you know, I I got to applaud MVP for keeping it real. Like, he went right on his YouTube, did a little, uh, you know, one of his sessions, and he was like, yo, you know, I was doing some stuff with Lucha Underground, and it violated my contract, and they cut me loose. He, he was pretty much like, I fucked up, you know? And it was interesting to me because it was a behind the scene. it was like a, a really interesting peek behind the curtain. Obviously, you know, AAA and Lucha Underground, whatever contract they made him sign was fucking they were serious, you know.
1: Which I don't understand because there's there's other individuals who signed uh with, with these promotions and they don't have so much of a, a disclosure clause. I don't know if it's because I, I don't know if they, they, they heard of his history with T N no. A how it was, you know, about how it was going.
0: Well what they were I saying just never, No, not to cut you off, I apologize. Ahead. What they were yeah, saying yeah, was yeah, that yeah. he was terminated. And he said this in the video after he interviewed members of the cast for his podcast, which allegedly violated a non-disclosure agreement that he had signed. I mean, as someone who has signed NDAs before, you, those, those fucking things are are ironclad, you know.
1: Oh, that's you know why it's because and the way that Lucha Underground is filmed, right? Right. Okay, I can get it. I can understand that, right
0: and he acknowledged he was like damn he goes you know i fucked up, i fucked up um, you know he even said weekend. yeah and he was saying he was coming <laughs> he was going to come in as an agent and then work uh, as a talent on the show and then you know i mean that's the thing dude like it, ndas and and i put this out there just uh, going outside of of what we're talking about a bit man if you're if you're involved in anything and you are told you are given an nda to sign read that shit carefully Because, you know, NDAs could be anything. It could be a tweet. You know, oh, you violated. You could, you could, it could be a tweet. It could be a snap. It could be an Instagram picture. It could be you having a conversation that someone overheard. You got to be very, very careful with that, you know, because right now that would have been a great opportunity for him. And I think he would have fit in perfectly. And he he shot himself in the foot, you know, unintentionally.
1: Exactly. Because his his whole thought process was probably, you know, I'm doing promotion for the the pro- I'm doing promotion for the promotion. Yep. And what it ended up being
0: was, mm, yeah, no, no, you didn't. Mm, exactly. No. <laughs> I mean, I've done I've done some stuff where I sign an NDA and they're like, you can't even tease it during a show. I'm like, uh, okay, you know, like that's that's how it goes. But um, you know, it's it's unfortunate. Yeah, I, whole- gotta,
1: I gotta get. Go. I gotta get to levels like that. When, you, when you to put me on there? I, my, my show gotta get levels like that. Yeah, I mean, man. NBA, you're,
0: shit, <laughs> shit you're, you're you're doing good stuff, man. So you'll get there. I gotta tell you this though. He may he may find a home in Ring of Honor, which, as a matter of fact, is doing a show here in New York in August. They're doing another uh, Field of Honor event at MCU Park in Brooklyn. Oh,
1: gotta get up on that. Yeah, August twenty seventh. By the way, yeah. Which by the way, oh, I I I've always thought. That has that that promotion is one that he should have been attached to a long time. Ago. I agree. I, I I I would have thought that he fit way like it would have been a way better fit for him in ROH than he would have been in TNA.
0: I agree a hundred percent. I think I, ROH yeah. would have used him better. I just probably think that TNA offered more money, you know.
1: And the same thing that he he was coming in with Lucha uh, with Lucha underground with you know as an agent type style you know angle storyline. Whatever, it fits the same way with, with ROH. I think that he he can do the same thing.
0: No, I think I think I think so as well. I'm just sure I probably feel that you know TNA had bigger zeros at the time, and that was probably it. I mean, you know, I'm sure that that'll that'll be revealed sooner rather than later. But I just feel probably TNA came to the table with a bigger number. That's not to say that Ring of right. Honor isn't gonna wouldn't do it just because Ring of Honor. It's it's like they lose three talents, they bring in five more. Plus the deal they got with Japan is always good, and MVP loves working, uh, you know, Japanese style. So in that Japan, could still yeah. happen.
1: Yeah, and Ring of Honor also shares the same thing. Which, by the way, if you guys have not been watching Ring of Honor, get up on it. Yep. Like this, woo, man. Listen, that Dallas show. Wow. <laughs> yeah,
0: they got a, wow. they, they got a lot of fire over there, man. And you know what's funny? WWE is scouting. All of those guys, and I mean, they've been scouting. Oh, yeah. They've been scouting Lucha Underground too. I mean, you know, everybody thought that. Uh, you know, I talked about it last week that King Cuerno was going to be in the cruiserweight series, and Lucha Underground's like, uh, Nah, dude, where you going?
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, they made sure they they locked him up quickly. Yep, they locked that up quickly. But you know, with it, it, it the whole evolve thing, you know, WWE is starting to open their eyes and say, listen, you know, although we are. The, the, the creme de la creme. Right. You know, we we got to start opening our eyes. Real where recognizes where is real.
0: Is yep. Yeah, real
1: recognizes real. Recognize real like these, these guys aren't playing, man.
0: Well, here's here's something, and, and this, we'll use this to close out. The um, They actually sent out a press release announcing their new developmental signings. Uh, they got 69 men and women for training at the Performance Center. Uh, some names you may know. Some names you may not know. Um, Mickey Nichols, Shane Haste. Uh, who have wrestled all over the world, uh, including Pro Wrestling Noah, um, New Japan, Explosive, those guys got signed, and a couple of other talents. They got a guy, this guy's crazy, uh, from Poland. His name is, and, and I'm going to bludgeon this guy's name, Baba Tunde Ayegbusi. Exactly. Yo, wow. but you know what? I can't even clown that. I can only clown that guy's name behind a microphone. I'll tell you why. This guy that was signed is a Vince McMahon wet dream. Uh, six feet oh, nine, three hundred and fifty pounds.
1: Main roster push. Automatic. Exactly. He's
0: there. Yep. He was He's a former. There. He was a football uh, former football player. Um, and recently, he spent the twenty fifteen preseason with the Minnesota Vikings as an offensive lineman.
1: Six nine as an offensive lineman. Oh, that's 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 weird. yeah. That's, that's
0: a that's a big yeah. dude. Then um.
1: Yeah,
0: that's rare. They also signed a young lady, uh, Bianca Blair. She was an All-American and All-SEC track and field performer in the hurdles in the University of Tennessee. She was also an SEC academic honor roll uh, student, 2011-2012, CrossFit competitor, power lifter. Uh, She's been on CrossFit.com, a couple of different magazines. So you know know the deal there. Once again, moving away from the Barbies and getting towards the athletes. Um, Yeah.
1: Yep. Which, 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 which um, we've been crying for for the longest.
0: Yep. Uh, this guy, <laughs> Nikola Bogusevic, uh Greco-Roman wrestler, national champion. you up stuff now. <laughs> no, 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 100%. Um, Greco-Roman wrestler, national champion in Greco-Roman wrestling at the Pan American Games in 2011. Also a bronze medal winner at the Pan American Games in Greco-Roman wrestling in 2014. Also uh, trained at the Olympic Training Center, so you know what you're getting there. Um, Carolyn Dunning was a former Air Force ROTC member and a nationally ranked bodybuilding bikini competitor. You got to throw one in there. Um, Macy Estrella from Paris Island, South Carolina, trained with Tom Kaizo from American Premier Wrestling. She is also a former U.S. Marine and a member of the Marine Corps SWAT team.
1: Damn. Shit. Sure. That's a resume for your ass.
0: They, um... Uh who else we got uh Nicola Glenn Cross from Scotland everybody's talking about her obviously Nikki Storm uh wrestled for eight years on the independent circuit uh Japanese pro wrestling pro wrestling Eve Scottish wrestling Alliance insane championship wrestling pro wrestling elite stardom and shine. everybody's saying that if you guys thought Becky Lynch was a problem, this lady's a problem
1: you know and and uh, in in hindsight, you hear all these names getting thrown out there. Yep, you watch the next season of Breaking Ground. Most of them are getting cut.
0: <laughs> oh yeah, that's how it, that's how it goes. But the fact that they put this out there is is pretty crazy. You know, I mean, yeah. they um, uh, Terence Jean Jacques from Boston, Massachusetts, six foot three, two hundred eighty five pounds. Another 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 monster. They signed um, all American wrestler at the University of Rhode Island in twenty fifteen. Wrestled at the University of Iowa and accumulated a thirty-two and two re- uh, record in wrestling. All right, all
1: right yeah, listen, <laughs> I, 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 I'm just I'm just more shocked that this is going down that they did. They, they actually opened a door. I don't know what's more shocking that they opened a door to this, that for, for everybody to get a glimpse of who's coming in, right? Or that Z, or that Zz is a fucking actual wrestler in WWE, and which is which is.
0: Which, which is scary because people are saying he's, he's gotten, he's improved. Um, last, last wrestler I wanted to put out there, last signee, was uh, Daniela Camella. She, she was trained by Rikishi and uh, Gangrel at Knox Pro. She was an on-air talent for Fox Sports Arizona, was a dancer for the Phoenix Suns, and an Arizona Cardinals cheerleader also.
1: Oh, yeah, she'll be on breaking ground. That's definitely breaking ground material.
0: Yeah. So, you know, again, uh, 69 69 individuals were signed, uh, you know, men and women. And these are the people whose names were put out there. Now, it's interesting to me because like class. Yeah, dude, that's a huge class. And like you said, it's
1: like now the performance center. The performance center now become like a fucking uh, institution. Yeah. Become a college.
0: Yep. You're getting you're getting some incredible talent in there. Like like you said and, and I, I I'll echo that sentiment. You know, we're dealing with uh you know, sixty nine people are in that class, twelve are gonna make it. <laughs> I mean I'm not saying that I'm not saying that as a as a as a dig. I'm just saying that No, no, it's no it's
1: real no, it's real because a lot of these people they come in with with this resume that you like you spoke of and they never really understand what is the real elements that yep. makes to become a pure wrestler. You can sit there and have the the, the conditioning and, and the physique and the body all you want, but right if you don't have what it takes, they'll look at you and be like, "Okay, uh, I see. Uh, I, I see you on the next. Show. I hope you have fun in the indies." Yep. Yeah, and, that, and it is it, that quick.
0: Hell, look at look at Patrick Clark. Patrick Clark. Everybody thought was a shoe in from tough enough. He got let go. He worked on the Independence, and now he's at the performance center. You know.
1: Yeah, but you know what? That's you know what? That's another story in general. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but but
0: but even still, yeah, you know,
1: show, that show is a fucking uh, whatever. We could we could talk on uh, at length about that on the next show. No, I know.
0: <laughs> I mean, I'm just saying that that even still, a lot of the talent that was there, a lot of it went on to do other stuff. I mean, even uh, Gabby who got cut, she went to TNA. She, she's working some sort of, you know, hot stripper gimmick. I don't even remember what it was. Like, I saw her...
1: The seductress.
0: Yes, 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 with Bobby Lashley or some shit. I saw it, and I was like, mm. uh, okay. But even still, you know, they, she she took the platform she was on. She springboarded it. TNA tossed her some cash. I mean, they they may be paying her in Red Bull and fucking Fritos, but you're on TV. By the way, what happened to the Yeti? I don't that know. fucking guy. I don't know. I think he's still there, but... I think they've kind of kept his profile under wraps. Not under wraps, but just they don't acknowledge him as much after the fucking inflammatory statements he made. So they're just they're just probably I he
1: le- got buried by the whole main event roster. Pretty much,
0: dude. That guy's probably scrubbing <laughs> toilets, and 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 he probably is only allowed to train during certain hours. Like, yeah, you're good. You're gonna you're gonna scrub these toilets today. I thought I was gonna <laughs> learn how to take a bump. No, you're gonna learn how to clean oh, up a no, no, dump.
1: No, no, no! What you're gonna do now is you're gonna make sure that everybody's trunks are washed. That's it. Make sure that all their wrestling gear is clean.
0: 100. <laughs> percent But you know, it, it, that guy, that guy put himself out there. He fucking shot himself in the foot. Whether he grows from it or not, I mean, that's a guy. That's you know, that's your next Baron Corbin right there, dude.
1: <laughs> Listen, exactly. Listen, Miz, Miz, learned from his, and he as much as much he as he had gotten early on about him. Opening the door with the whole JBL thing, making him change his clothes outside. Of, he 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 admitted. He said, "Yo, it it, it taught me a lot and, and, and it progressed me as not only a wrestler but as a guy that that should be a man, uh, a, a guy in a locker room that should be acknowledged." Yep, he he, he, yep. he. It taught him. It taught him a lesson.
0: That's for damn sure. But um, you know that that bit of that bit of info is. Uh, the the icing on the cake for this week's wrestling segment. I know Slick told me you had some stuff you wanted to announce.
1: Oh man, listen, uh, I get yeah, I I really just called in just to just drop in, and I wasn't expecting to be on so long. But you're such a gracious host, I might as well have stayed for a little while. <laughs> I, I'm expecting a wine and cheese later on. That's
0: it, three fifty.
1: Uh, yeah, man. First of all, I want to I want to thank you for for the words that you said earlier, man. Uh, honestly. What we're doing here at the regular season with uh, TRSS is only—it's it's only a testament and 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 a blessing for for what we want to do with Rageworks, man. I'm telling you, with with TRSS, with uh, Josie's boys, call me when it's over. That's the you know that's the show that's coming out. Yep. Uh, the, through through here, and it's, he's going to get his own spinoff on, on RageWorks.net. Listen, you guys, make sure you listen to the, the pop art. Listen to him because honestly. If you don't listen to it, and once once that ceiling is broken, you you know wish that you knew where he was at in the beginning.
0: One hundred percent. I had, mean, had, editing he's just
1: like us. He has opinions and yep. a lot of shit to say.
0: Oh no! I mean, <laughs> even even during the course of the shows that you guys have done already, like I said, the um, you know things 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 Josie's boy doesn't trust. Um, <laughs> One of, one of my, one of my favorites. Uh, that's, that's, at when, when I'm editing that stuff, that's one of the first things I'm like, here we go. Because there's, <laughs> you know, for people that aren't New Yorkers, there's still insight in there about stuff. Even, you know, like, like the train rant and stuff like that. There's still insight and still comedy and a lot of stuff. And I mean, you know, the, the numbers speak for themselves. You know, you, you and Josie's boy are doing incredibly well. Um, TRSS yeah, is doing I, incredibly I, well. I, you're moving some merch,
1: and I, and I, I, I yeah, you know, <laughs> you gotta move some merch. Make sure you go to the shop. Make sure you go to the shop site. You know, TRS has the shop site. Got the shirts out there. There's more going to be coming out soon. We already, we already looking to push more out there. I I, 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 I'm looking at getting the overtime a little bit more in depth once Josie Boy and Call Me When It's Over gets his own show. Yep. Uh, T R S is looking to expand a little bit more, bring some more hindsight because I can't do so much. And the window that I got, it's, it's, it's only a couple of hours I can do right interviews and news stories. I a lot, so I'm bringing a lot more out there. So there'll be, believe me, there'll be another follow-up coming soon, talking to the boss to get that done. Also, on the YouTube page, this is the exclusive that I wanted to tell you. Exclusively, TRSS is now dropping on YouTube a weekly episode of TRSS 10 Count. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. It's a 10 count. It's the top 10 sports list that's associated anything that has to do with anything pop culture Uh, it'll be movies tv comic books video games anything sports related says 10 count will actually have a youtube episode dedicated to that nice first episode which i've been working on right now is athletes turn actors and it's not by voting it's not by opinions of others it's my choice
0: there you go. So
1: if you wanna go against mine, leave a comment on YouTube, leave a comment on the Facebook page, leave a comment on any of the social media, and I may or may not reply to it. But <laughs> this week will be the first the first exclusive of TRSS ten count YouTube.
0: Alright. Awesome.
1: I, I gotta expand, man. I got hey, listen, you get you gave me the seeds. I got to make
0: the trees. I got to make, I got to make the fruit to grow, man. Yeah, man. It's that's great to hear. I'm, I'll make sure to, um, post that and the links to the, uh, YouTube channel for TRSS in the show notes. Again, you know, uh, brand new, brand new edition from, uh, Mr. Santee stable, uh, TRSS 10 count joining, um, TRSS overtime. And of course, TRSS, the regular season sports cast, um, Definitely, definitely pumped for that. I think it's a, it's a great outlet for you. You guys have done, you guys are doing some cool stuff with, with video. Uh, you know, the, the, the pre-show stuff on Facebook live is, is great. And I think this is just a, another great outlet for you guys to get content out there. So um very happy to hear that.
1: Listen, man, you got us at the gorilla position. We're going through the current and we're going to perform. That's all you gave us. And that's all we want to do. I want to make sure that when you're gone when you take your time off, we're able to try to fulfill try to fulfill the you know the, the role in which you 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 you'll be leaving for that short time. We're gonna yeah. be there. Hopefully, we we can do what we can.
0: Oh yeah, I mean, I have I have the utmost faith in you guys. Like I said, I know you guys are gonna hold it down, and you guys have. So you know, definitely, I'm not even worried about it. But I'm but I'm happy. I'm happy to see this uh, TRSS ten count. I think it's uh, it's a, it's a cool extra bit of content to get out there, and um, I'm pumped. I'm pumped to see it.
1: Yeah man, listen. Like I said,
0: I'm only a reflection of you. <laughs> yeah, I, I, if that's the case then fuck, you're a better-looking reflection than Jesus. Um <laughs> Aside from that, uh where can people find you? TRSS, all that stuff. Uh, Obviously rageworks.net, but give them all the social stuff cuz I know you're out there. All right.
1: As as one of my 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 other uh, my, my, one of my other characters on the show, Mr. Uncle Fred has said and he looked at me and said, How is it that you're able to do this at one time? I said, It's all about practice. Yep. Make sure that you catch us on Facebook on the regular season sports cast page, as well as on the Instagram with the Regular Season Sports. Also be sure you check us out on Twitter with my Twitter page, RWJ Santi, as well as my Snapchat, Whatabed RW, which is a little bit personal, but it's also a little bit fun. And be sure to check out the YouTube page, which is at Regular Season Sportscast. Listen, there's a lot of avenues that you guys can go to, but you can't drive down the main road without seeing us.
0: Woo! Cut that promo. There you go. All right, buddy. Thank you for the and assist the this gimmick, week. Y'all. That's it. Live the I gimmick. Know, listen, Get the thank shirt. Thank you for having me on. All right, brother. Peace. <laughs> Make
1: sure you check out, the, check out the shirts. Laters.
0: Peace. There you go. That was our very own Jay Santee to help close things out. Uh, we're going to wrap things up by reminding you guys to uh, check us out on our various social media channels, uh, Facebook, facebook.com forward slash official RageWorks, Twitter, Instagram, Snapchat on Twitter. We are rage underscore works. You can also find my take radio on Twitter as well at my take radio. I've given you guys my take on MMA and wrestling this week. Join us for the gaming and entertainment edition of MTR now officially Thursday at 11 p.m. Eastern, 8 p.m. Pacific. Archived episodes of this show will be available in 24 to 48 hours on iTunes, Stitcher, and TuneIn Radio in audio format and on the official RageWorks YouTube channel. On behalf of myself, Slick, Jay Santee, and the rest of the MTR and RageWorks crew, I will see you guys on the next episode. And just a reminder, episode 350 is next Wednesday at 11 p.m. Eastern, 8 p.m. Pacific, and it will be the last episode of MTR for a little bit. I'm just going to be taking some time off. It is not the end of MTR. It is just a a rest and then a new beginning. I will see you guys for the Gaming and Entertainment Edition uh, later today at 11 p.m. Eastern, 8 p.m. Pacific. Make sure to check it out, mtrlive.com. All right, guys, I'm out of here. Peace we